Welcome to Torah from JTS, a weekly commentary from the Jewish Theological Seminary. This week's commentary for Vayigash was written by Rabbi Burton L. Vazotsky, Nathan and Janet Appleman Professor of Midrash and Interreligious Studies at JTS. A Song of Hope. In a curious foreshadowing of the book of Exodus, in this week's Torah reading we read, Ve'ele Shemot, these are the names of the children of Israel who came into Egypt. This is verbatim the same report as the opening verse of the book of Exodus. But there, the names are limited only to Jacob's actual sons, and the full enumeration of their own offspring is absent. Here, however, we get the list of Jacob's sons and his grandsons as well. Curiouser, there is even a mention of great-grandsons. Judah's son Peretz's boys, Hetzron and Hamul, are listed, as are some others. Curiouser and curiouser, in addition to the matriarchs who were Jacob or Israel's wives, we learn the name of Jacob's daughter, Dina. And then, although unnamed, we find out in that same verse that Jacob had sons and daughters. Note the plural. The only one we know by name is Dina, and we only know about her thanks to her sad misadventure and likely rape at the hands of Shechem, the local prince, and the violent rampage by her brothers that followed. But look carefully. For most curious of all is the mention of Jacob's son Asher and Asher's daughter Serach. Serach but Asher is Jacob's granddaughter. She is mentioned again briefly in another genealogy list in Numbers 2646, and finally in 1 Chronicles 730. Serach but Asher is mentioned three times in the Bible, and unlike her Aunt Dina, she seems to have merited mention without extreme suffering and violence. Her repeated appearance is one of those occasions in scripture that scream for Midrash to fill in the gaps. Within the Torah, her chief virtue seems to be that she was among the Israelite clan who went down to Egypt during the famine to live off the largesse of her long-lost uncle Joseph, but it's hard to see what separates her from her unnamed and unnumbered sisters who also made the journey. Yet, through Midrash, like Alice through the looking glass, in Serechbat Asher, our sages of blessed memory have given us a heroine for our times. Early in the 3rd century CE, the rabbis imagined Serach is still alive in Egypt after centuries, when the Israelites are on the cusp of Exodus. Before they can leave Egypt, the children of Israel must fulfill a vow that their ancestor Joseph had placed upon them. In the very final verse of Genesis we will read next week, he adjures them, carry up my bones from here. But at that point in the Exodus story, centuries have passed since the Israelites entered Egypt. Who even remembered the vow that Joseph made them take? Why, Moses, of course. In the midst of the tumult of the Exodus, we are quietly informed, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. How did faithful Moses know where Joseph's bones were buried? The Tosefta Sota teaches that our heroine, long-lived Serachbat Asher, informed him. In the River Nile are Joseph's bones. Many centuries after the Exodus, long after the land of Israel has been conquered, a certain no-good nicknamed Sheba ben Bikri rebelled against King David. Sheba fought and refuge in a town that David's general Yoav then besieged. Yoav threatened to destroy that town if they did not surrender Sheba. Scripture teaches that a wise woman counseled them to give up the rebel and save the town. Who was that unnamed wise woman, the rabbis ask of a later? Why, she was Serach bat Asher. Who else? How long did Serach live? One midrash reports that the 3rd century CE sage Rabbi Yochanan claimed that when the Red Sea parted, the walls of water that formed were like an impervious net. Serach Bat Asher showed up to correct him, saying, I was there! The walls of water had transparent windows. It is tempting to add to Serach's adventures. 
perhaps we should suggest that she was in another besieged city, Jerusalem, when the king of Babylonia, Nebuchadnezzar, surrounded it on the 10th of Tevet, which this year coincidentally falls on December 25th. Or maybe Serach was there to save us on so many other December 25th during pogroms in the Pale of Settlement. A late Midrash, probably from around the year 1300 CE, called Sefer HaYashar, commenting on this week's Torah reading, tells us why Serach merited to live forever. When the sons of Jacob went down to Egypt during the famine, and were met there by their long-lost brother Joseph, he who forgave them, fed them, and helped them survive, they realized that they would have to inform their father, who was still anxiously awaiting their return to the land of Canaan. It would be difficult to let their father know of the cruel deception they had perpetrated upon him, allowing him for all those years to believe his beloved Joseph was dead, and watching Jacob mourn him without cease. Who could they send to break this terrible, yet exhilaratingly revivifying news to him? The brothers sent Serach Badasher. She took her lyre and sang to the elderly Jacob, Od Yosef Chai, Joseph still lives. When he heard her song, his heart grew faint. For through all his years of despair, he yet held hope. Od Yosef Chai, she sang, the very words that Jacob longed to hear. With tears streaming down his cheeks, Jacob rewarded his granddaughter for being the bearer of such good tidings. He blessed her and rewarded her with a promise that she might live forever. May that song always be our hope. Od Yosef Chai. For so long as Joseph still lives and through us forgives and nourishes his family, which is our family, Serach and the Jewish people live forever. If you enjoyed this program, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and discover JTS's other series by visiting jtsa.edu slash podcasts. To learn with JTS faculty in live online classes, visit jtsa.edu slash online. And you can get in touch with us by emailing onlinelearning at jtsa.edu. Thanks for listening.